Hello and welcome. My name is Alice and you are listening to the Backtracker History Show podcast. Crafted by me, a self-confessed history geek who enjoys those stories from the past that might have been forgotten. The Backtracker History Show is first aired on Bradley Stoke FM in Bristol, England, before being plonked onto the podcast stage for all to enjoy. Now, if you enjoy the show, don't forget to share or leave feedback. It all helps. Keep in touch via either Twitter or Facebook by using at Backtracker UK with a capital B, capital T and a capital UK. Today, I'll be telling you the story of the granny hanging. Thornbury Museum has a transcription of a letter, dated 1816, written by Sarah Greenwood to Mary Greenwood. It refers to what must have been a major topic of Thornbury gossip at the time. Old Dinah Ridderford and her son Luke broke open Daniel Reed's house and stole several articles there. They were taken up with the articles discovered on them and committed to Gloucester, tried and both found guilty and received sentence of death. Luke was reprieved but the poor old woman was executed and her body brought to Thornbury. On the 30th of July 1816, four members of the Ridderford family of Thornbury were committed to Gloucester jail. They were Abraham Ridderford, aged 71, his wife Dinah, aged 69, and their sons, Luke and Aaron. All four were charged with breaking into the home of Daniel Reed in Thornbury. Now, Daniel lived in the property which had formerly been known as the Seven Stars and later became known as 21 Rock Street. Two sides of bacon, two pig's cheeks, a tongue piece, two sweet bones, and about 30 pounds of salt butter in an earthen pan and a copper kettle had been stolen. The total value of the goods was estimated to be worth four pounds. The trial took place at the Summer Assizes, 1816, which we understand were the first to take place in the courtrooms at the newly built Shire Hall. We don't know any details of the evidence presented at the court nor the Ridderford's defence. It is surprising that Dinah and her son Luke were condemned to death by hanging whilst her husband Abraham and son Aaron were acquitted. Luke's sentence was later commuted to transportation for life, but Dinah received no reprieve. She was hanged, top of the Gloucester Jail's gatehouse, in full view of a jeering crowd on September 7th 1816. Now let me tell you a bit more about the prison. It has a very long history in itself. Gloucester Jail was opened in 1792 and built on the site of a castle dating back to the 13th century. It only closed its doors to prisoners in 2013 after years of complaints of inhumane conditions and overcrowding. 
Over the years, 123 people were hanged on the site between 1792 and 1939. Many of them were then buried in unmarked graves in the grounds. More recently, the facility has held notorious killer Fred West, who murdered 12 people between 1967 and 1987. He was held there on remand before he committed his most atrocious crimes. The prison also held Irish radicals, murderers and countless miscreants. Aside from the executions, many more inmates have died at the hands of their contemporaries by suicide or due to natural causes. According to some, certain prisoners have never left. This prison has been described as the most paranormally active prison in the world. Over the years, there have been many ghost tours held in the prison. One such was Zombie Nights, whose events director, Andy Stevens, says, There's one cell on A-Wing, near to where the gallows used to be housed. The cell had a bad reputation, but every hard nut who came into the prison laughed it off and said they'd take the cell, the one where people used to spend their last night on Earth. It was a rare thing that convicts would come out the morning after and not immediately request another room. It's an unusual place. It wasn't so long ago somebody was taking a tour and idly kicked a stone across the courtyard floor. Upon close inspection, it turned out to be a jawbone. It doesn't look like they took much care burying dead inmates. The prison is now currently in the process of being converted into luxury apartments. surprised to know that initially I was looking for a word of the week from Victorian prison terms and I couldn't find any interesting ones that didn't contain effluence or swear words. So instead I found this one from 1800 to 1840. It's a tavern term that meant great fun. Nanty narking. After it closed, Gloucester Jail had quite a few tour operators there, and one of them was Jailhouse Tours. The manager, Paul Ross, once said, Dinah was executed for something she probably wouldn't go to jail for today. I think in the early days, going to a hanging would have been like watching Gloucester Rugby on a Saturday afternoon. The Capital Punishment website says that Dinah was probably the oldest woman to have been hanged in England in the 19th or 20th centuries. 17 death sentences were passed at the Gloucester Assizes of August 1816, but only Dinah and one other person were hanged. The excellent book Hanged at Gloucester by Jill Evans includes the following extracts from the journal written by the prison chaplain about his visits to Dinah. On 24th of August, Dina solemnly declared her innocence and said that her own husband had sworn away her life. Two days later, she denied the offence for which she was condemned with so much earnestness that I was almost led to believe her innocent. But on examining her son, Luke Ridderford, who appears to give me a true account of the transaction, I am now convinced that her guilt is established beyond doubt. 
The next day, I told her that there was no hope of an appeal being made to save her life. After that, she became calmer. And on 5th of September, two days before her execution, she finally admitted that she had taken some part in the crime for which she was condemned. But it was with the greatest difficulty that I got her to make this admission. On 6th of September, she made a full confession, and on the next day, she went to the scaffold. The event became known as the Granny Hanging. When Dinah had calmed down and accepted her fate, she declared that, My Lord, I confess myself guilty of the crime laid to my charge, and many more. I was led into them by bad company, and I hope I shall be hanged as a warning to others. By tradition, those who had been hanged at Gloucester were buried at the jail, and it is believed that there could be as many as 122 bodies there. For this reason, it is interesting to read that Dinah's body was returned to Thornbury, as she was granted the dignity of a decent burial. This is confirmed by the parish records of St Mary's Church, which show that Dinah was buried there on the 10th of September, 1816. She was the third executed criminal to be buried there in 1816. The other two were John Allen and John Penny, who had been involved in a poaching affray. What makes this case even more historically interesting is that reprieves for property offences were becoming more common, and in the last two decades of the 18th century, only 27 women in England and Wales, outside of the metropolis, were executed for that offence. Dinah Ridderford became the last provincial woman to die for a conventional property offence. This week's book of the week is The Five, The Untold Lives of the Women Killed by Jack the Ripper, written by Hallie Rubenhold. It's not a book about Jack the Ripper, it's about his victims, and it's written to remember the five women who are usually just names in hundreds of books about this infamous serial killer. But this particular book attempts to tell their stories, to remind us that they were once babies, daughters, mothers, people who lived lives full of hardship and misfortune. And the amount of research done by the author is imposing, and she managed to recreate the lives of the women who lived modest and ordinary lives in Victorian times. And now we continue with our story. At the same time that Dinah was sentenced to death, Her son Luke's sentence was commuted to transportation for life and in December 1816 he was sent to a prison hulk called the Justitaria that lay at Woolwich. On 11th of April 1817 he and 219 others sailed on a prison ship called Lord Eldon which arrived in Port Jackson, Sydney on the 30th of September 1817. There were 220 male convicts on the ship leaving the UK, guarded by just 30 men of the 46th Regiment. It sailed via Rio de Janeiro and arrived in Sydney with 215 of the men in good health. 
The official convict records show that Luke was aged 34, his trade was a waterman, and that he was 5 foot 6.5 inches, with black hair and brown eyes. A Sydney newspaper article of December 6th, 1817, only a few months after his arrival, suggests that Luke had quickly made himself scarce. He listed him amongst a large number of men who had absented themselves from their respective employments. Some of the men even had false certificates. Apparently every effort was to be made to catch them all. We don't know how long Luke was on the run. The authorities were still listing Luke Rutherford as an escaped convict in newspapers in March 1818. The next time he appears in records is in the Hobart Town Gazette and Van Diemen's Land Advertiser, published on the 18th of August 1821. Under the name Luke Ruddyford, he and another man were charged with robbing a man in Hobart and assaulting him. They were found guilty and sentenced to receive a hundred lashes to be transported to such place as his honour may think proper, and in the meantime to work in the jail gang. Papers of the Colonial Secretary's Office dated 21st of October 1821 and 22nd of October 1821 show that Luke Ruddyford was listed amongst a group of 32 men who were transferred from Hobart on the ship Jane and received into Sydney jail. The jail papers confirm that Luke Ruddyford was the same Luke Ridderford who arrived on the Lord Eldon in 1817. On the 1st of November 1821, he was being moved again. This time, he was listed as a prisoner transported on the ship Sally, sailing to Newcastle, a harbour town in New South Wales. He stayed here until the 25th of September 1823, when he sailed from Newcastle to Port Macquarie in New South Wales, Australia, on the ship Elizabeth Henrietta. A record dated 1822 indicates he was sent to work in the employment of the government at Port Macquarie. He may have been working for the government, but this was no civil service posting. For Port Macquarie was a penal colony, formed specifically for receiving convicts, where they were forced to build the place that would become their jail. Conditions were unpleasant, and its remoteness made it unlikely that the prisoners could escape. It appears that Luke didn't live a long life. In the Australian burial indexes, he's listed as Luke Readyfoot. He died in Port Macquarie in 1825. Now, there's been some difficulty in making a link between the branch of the Ridderford family and other branches known to have lived in Thornbury. When Abraham Ridford, Dinah's husband, was buried on the 2nd of June, 1820, he was said to be aged about 75 and living in Oldbury. This means that he was born about 1745. We cannot be sure about Abraham's parents, and it would be wrong to guess but Scribes Alcove has a record of the marriage of Abraham Ridford and Diana Beetle in Thornbury on the 28th of January, 
1771, which most believe to be the correct date. This shows Abraham was a labourer, and both Abraham and Diana were living in Thornbury at the time of the marriage. Now, Abraham continued to live in Thornbury until he died in 1820, according to Jill Evans' book, He Met an Unpleasant Death. An inquest at Thornbury on the 1st of June, 1820, found that Abraham was killed on the spot after severing an artery while climbing over a pike gate. He joined his wife in Thornbury Churchyard. some look-back facts. On the 13th of June in 1842, Queen Victoria made her very first railway journey from Slough to Paddington. The great Western railway engineer Isambard Kingdom Brunel acted as the deputy engine driver for the occasion. On the 14th of June in 1969, German tennis player Steffi Graf was born. Also on the 14th of June, Emmeline Pankhurst, the English suffragette, died in 1928. In 1982, a ceasefire was agreed between Argentinian forces and British troops in the Falklands War on the 14th of June. And on the 15th of June, in 1919, British aviators John Alcock and Arthur Whitton Brown completed the first non-stop transatlantic flight from Newfoundland to Ireland in a Vickers Vinnie biplane in just over 16 hours. And for the last fact, on the 18th of June 1942, Sir James Paul McCartney was born in Walton, Liverpool. now we come to the final part of our main story, the granny hanging. Apart from Luke and Aaron, the two boys, Dinah and Abraham, were caught stealing with, they also had a daughter called Dinah. Now this Dinah appears to have had several children while still a single woman. She had Maria in 1800, Susanna 1805 and Anne who was born 1806. All three were baptised on the 14th of January, 1810. Dinah eventually married William Ridderford, a widower described as a husbandman or yeoman in baptism records in Thornbury on the 9th of June, 1806. They went on to have several children of their own, including Emma, baptised on the 28th of March, 1820, when the family were living at Morton. Unfortunately, Emma died as an infant was buried on the 4th of April 1820. They also had Eleanor, born 1824, and when she was eight and the family were living at Millbury Heath, another Emma was baptised in 1824, when she was aged only three. 
The last child we have is Moses, baptised in 1824 when he was aged six. We can't be certain when Dinah's husband William died. In the 1841 census, Dinah was living in Sibland with her son Aaron, an agricultural labourer aged 30, and Emma aged 20. Dinah Jr. died aged 69 and was buried on the 16th of September 1849. The son Aaron, described as a labourer living at Elbury, married Hannah Trahern and they had a son that they baptised in 1831. Aaron got into trouble again, unfortunately. He was charged with larceny, found guilty, and sentenced to one week imprisonment. Aaron and Hannah continued living at Albury Nate. Noah became a mariner and continued to live there unmarried. Aaron eventually died aged 80 and was buried on the 13th of April, 1873. And now we travel further down the family tree to Dinah Ridderford's three times great-grandson, who also spent time behind bars at Her Majesty's Prison in Gloucester for indecent assault this time. He attacked a 14-year-old farm girl as she wandered through a field in Thornbury near Bristol. After his release, he moved to South Wales and started a family driving steam lorries with solid wheels and filled with macadam up to London. Now brace yourself guys, this is where it goes off on a didn't see it coming tangent. George Morgan Ridderford had two children, Millicent, or Millie as she was called, and Ronald. Now his daughter Millie would later emigrate to Australia after the Second World War as one of the thousand of ten pound poms tempted into going down under with discounted fares. She sailed with her husband Dennis and children Jean, Carol, Suzette and Noel on the SS New Australia in 1955. Ten years later, Carol met and married Ron Minogue and had three children, two girls and a boy. The girls were called Kylie and Danny and the boy was called Brendan. To say I was surprised when I got to that last bit is an understatement. Although it was all over the newspapers apparently back in 2017, so a little late to that party. I must say a huge thank you to Joe Wilson from the St. Stephen's Drama Group in Bristol for reading out the letter from the pastor of the jail. You have been listening to me, Alice, on the Backtracker History Show. Now, this podcast has been specially edited from a Bradley Stoke radio show in Bristol, England. If you liked it, please leave a rating and maybe a comment. If you didn't, well, let's just leave it at that, shall we? I would love to hear from you. You can get in touch with me via Twitter or Facebook using at Backtracker UK with a capital B, a capital T and a capital UK. Or, alternatively, you can email me at info at backtracker.co.uk. By the way, the tune in the background, that's by The Model Folk. You can find out more about them at themodelfolk.com. 
So thank you so much for listening. And until next time, guys, take care and look after each other.